everybody. Welcome to Throwback to School, the podcast where we talk about stuff we liked in high school and whether it's good anymore or not. And I'm Andrew, and I'm joined by my co-host, who's good all the time. Her name is Liza. Ooh, ooh. Good all the time. You, Liza, good all the time, Crowley. You disagree with my assessment that you're good all the time? I didn't say I disagreed. I'm just... I'm just reiterating what you said so that it's in everyone's mind. Ah, uh, you want everybody mm-hmm. to associate. So when you said your name, Liza, good all the time, jolly, that's how you want everyone to remember you all the time. Yeah, they, sh- they shall address to me they as sh- such. They shall. <laughs> you, you shall allow it. Um, Liza, we got... I'm it. <laughs> we got not just one. We got two guests on the <gasps> line with us today. One is your brother. One is my shirt brother. We're wearing the same color shirt. <laughs> and they're both returning guests. They live together. We got Kaylin Knowles and John Jolly on the podcast. What up, guys? Hey, welcome hey, back. Guys. Hello. Thanks for having us back. Yeah. Thanks for coming back uh, to like, the pod. I'd like to come in hot uh, and just say that um, I'd like to be the mayor of... Uh, of this podcast where do we not have a mayor yet? Cause no, Jade's the sheriff. Jade's sheriff. Uh, Alex is commissioner. Yep. Uh-huh. And uh, we have our Jillian is our, um, treasurer, isn't she? Correct. Sure. Correct. So no, we do not have an, an elected or appointed mayor. <laughs> can, I, leadership? can I be then the assistant to the mayor? Oh, <laughs> uh, sure. Honestly, that's, uh, that's kind of up to the mayor. <laughs> Uh, I'll allow it. Wow. I am assistant mayor now of we've, this podcast. Yeah, we've broken so much news in the first two minutes of this <laughs> podcast. We elected a mayor, a, a deputy mayor, and I, I, that, yeah, this is huge. Deputy mayor, that's good. The wow. fans are going crazy like right now. Oh, man. They're, they are so excited that their votes counted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let let this be a reminder to get out and vote in November. This is the sort of uh, this is democracy in action, and your vote can make stuff like this happen. So, uh, true, every vote counts, you know. Yeah, and if you don't, then someone will just decide to be the elected person. Yeah, right. Yeah, Caitlin Caitlin might decide to be president in November if we don't. If we all don't get out and vote, uh, we'll lose our mayor, but we'll gain a president. Oh, I was, I'm under the impression this is like a small town, like Wild West kind of town. Mm-hmm. There's you, only one oh, thing for everything. Yeah. If you look at the listenership that we've got, it's every person on earth. So you would be representing the entire, you're representing the entire world right now. Uh, okay. Everyone listens. So if you have a specific person you want uh, to shout out to, this is the platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to shout out to uh, AOC. <laughs> she, yeah. <laughs> I said every person, so she listens. AOC, Kaylin says hi. Who's AOC? Uh, Who's AOC? I'll tell you later. <laughs> Liza, I I beg you, open up Twitter once or turn on the news for like five minutes. And Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Oh, I know her. I don't know her initials. She's a politician, John. You wouldn't know. I would not know. Did you, did you run for president? No. Uh, no. She's too young. She is. Molly's terrible at politics. Isn't she legit yeah. too young to, to run for president now, anyways? Yeah. Yeah. I really only know old school politics like Romans and, and Gaul. And, uh, <laughs> That's a perfect segue. Oh. To what we're talking about today. Ooh. Wow. Uh, Thanks for showing that on this audio podcast. What a audio (laughs) Right now is a book. Uh, It's a, actually it's in French. It's uh, one of the books in the series called Asterix and Obelix, which is one of the books that we're talking about today. Thanks for the recommendation. Kaylin. You're welcome, Liza. I uh, I'd like for you, Liza, if you could address him as mayor when you are thanking him oh, or not thanking him. What? Wow. Look at that! Wow. 
And wow, I just called one, and they're all holding one million copies of different books. So I have, I was house sitting once, and I saw these collections once. It's six asterisk books in one. So you stole, oh, them. Wow. You stole them from for your house. <laughs> That is very cool. Uh, that is a very USA thing to do. There. Well, that's funny you should say that, John, because right. these are from jolly old England. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I had, them, I had to order them specialty on the internet. Wow, that must have been expensive. Oh, whoa, that's it? Yeah. That is actually not much. Kaylin, I'd like to say you-, you doing the English accent on the podcast is your first scandal as mayor, so uh, I hope you can recover. <laughs> Uh, this has been a challenging time for myself and my family. Uh, I look for forward to everyone's forgiveness in this trying time. Wow. <laughs> Wait, are you you're using COVID as your platform? Well, Liza, we totally lost you. I don't know what happened to your. Try talking again. Okay. There you uh, go. Uh, oh. Did you try to use COVID to gain sympathy from the? No, this people? the trying time I'm referring to is me doing a British accent. Oh, oh, yes, it was quite trying. <laughs> he was trying. He hey, he was trying. You have to give him that. And it was time. And it was it did happen for an amount of time. <laughs> so, um, Kaylin, why did you choose those books to talk about today? Well, I knew that I was going to be on a podcast with yourself, Liza Jolly, <laughs> John Jolly, uh, who are both born and raised in France. What? And I, I don't think that's a surprise to any listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was trying to think what John and I had in common in our high school years or previous to high school. And so I just came across Asterix and Tintin in my mind. Which is a good idea, because it's true. Both of us enjoyed that in high school uh, when we were in high school. So it's funny because you keep referencing it as Asterix. Is that all it's called? I feel like I always grew up calling it both of their names. Is technically the series called Only One Name? I do believe that here... No, I think, yeah, you're right. I think it's to actually just, the title is Asterix and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Asterix yeah, and blah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the movies, I think, that started doing that mm. as their a duo. But Asterix is actually the uh, the main character of the entire thing. Yeah. It's really about him. And Obelisk is just like a background best bud. He's a sidekick. He's a sidekick. He's a co-star. Yeah. Or in the, in the puppy. Ron, do you want to tell us, give us a synopsis of what the series is about? Sure. For the folks that don't know. Yeah, it's uh, back in the uh, back in the day when France was not France and it was called Gaul. This is way prior to 800, I guess, something like that. Uh, and the entire Europe is conquered by the Romans, Caesar himself, except for one tiny, tiny little village in the northwest of Brittany. Uh, where this village of Gaul dudes are just unbeatable and they are surrounded by Romans and for some reason they cannot be conquered. And that's because they have a druid who makes this potion, who makes everybody in the village super strong, like Wonder Woman strong kind of thing. Uh, And uh, they kick ass. And then Obelix doesn't get to have the... Uh, potion because he fell in the cauldron when he was a kid so he's naturally imbued with extra super strength and he's also a giant man he's like four times the size of uh... so and then the the best I think and then the do itself is Asterix he's kind of a short small guy so imagine if Asterix was like Tom Cruise and then Obelisk was like Shaquille O'Neal that's basically these are the (laughs) If they, uh, if, if they decide to make this movie today with Tom Cruise and Shaq, guaranteed yes. one ticket, please. Uh, yes. And a large popcorn yes. as well. I'm going to be hungry. So <laughs> ticket taker, and I, take my order. And I certainly hope that this is how Tom Cruise wins an Oscar finally. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but basically, that's it. This, and, and they have a cute little puppy that in France is called Idefix. But I guess in the uh, English dub version, his name is Dogafix. Dogmatics. Dogmatics, sorry. Uh, yeah, because one of the fun parts of the sh- of the books is that each person has a name that ends with IX if they're from that small village or like a old Latin ending for if they're like Roman or something. But it's mm-hmm. always puns, right? It's all puns. And this so was is a pun, and then the the French version is also a pun. Mm-hmm. This was like my introduction to puns and wordplay, and I just remember reading them, and my mind was blown open. It changed your life from yeah. that moment on. Yeah. <laughs> I also got this other book called The Complete Guide to Asterix at a wow. bookstore once. It's out of print. No big whoop. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a whole part in it talk, uh, interviewing the translators, and they're talking about how what a huge headache it was to translate all of these puns yeah. into English, and uh, it's quite fascinating. Yeah, because you end up having to, like, I assume, like, not even try to use the same meaning of that pun, just try to find two words that would be funny to put together and with an IX, and then, like, you're lucky if it's related to the character at all. Like, yes, in some instances, like, they had, like, they have the, like, joke rule book that they had for themselves in here. Oh, wow. Sometimes they just couldn't come up with an equivalent pun, so they would just have it not be a joke somewhere else in the comic. But so long as there were the same amount of jokes in each uh, version, then they were okay. There's comedy in quantity. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a letter from a young Emma Thompson in here. She's a fan of Asterix. Wow. Yeah. She was like eight when she wrote in. It's very charming. So cute. Um, Specifically, uh, there's one. So, Andrew, if you don't know, Oblix really likes to eat. And one of his favorite things to eat is wild boar that's been roasted. Uh, Another tidbit before I get to this great pun is that the druid uses a sickle to cut uh, mistletoe, which is one of the ingredients to the magic potion. It's like the ingredient. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and one of the books, they have to go get a new sickle. It's called Asterix and the Golden Sickle. And everyone, and, and Oblix is talking about how he's hungry. And, and Asterix is like, we got to go get the sickle. And Oblix is like, I'm sick of all this talk about sickles. And Asterix is like, I'm bored about all this talk about boards. <laughs> I remember specifically reading that, being like, that's amazing. <laughs> this is the direction my life is going. Uh, so, yeah, big influence. So where? How old were you when you found them? Uh, elementary school. I mean, this, they were at my local library. What, uh, so uh, the other book we were going to talk about today is, or one of the other books we're going to talk about today is the, the adventures of Tintin. And that's so right. how did, how did you come across Tintin and, uh, what age and who, which neighbor did you steal this book from? <laughs> uh, so have we, Liza, are you still here? Liza is frozen yeah. in my, in my video as well. Is she frozen with you guys too? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. You know what I look like. Yeah. We, well, we know what you look. You're. We're. We have this like frozen picture of you scratching your eyebrow, that will be just like burned into my memory for the rest of my life. Take a picture of this. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Anyway, yes. Uh, so Tintin, uh, my library. My library had three types of comics. They had Garfield. They had Asterix and they had Tintin. <laughs> so that's really what I was raised on. Um, I It's reading interviews with cartoonists. I feel like a lot of them 
if they utilized their public library as kids, they found Asterix and Tintin a lot. I presume in French culture, Tintin is just like, yeah. like chicken noodle soup. Right. You, Every Sunday at lunch. Yeah, you're born, they spank you on the bottom, and they hand you a copy of Tintin and Asterix. Yep. They make it, they still publish yep. it, the same editions, they ne- will never stop. They smack you on the behind with a... <laughs> Ben Dissiné. For all you laymen, Kaylin just said uh, comic book in French. That's right. <laughs> With my beautiful... Another word that's like super literal uh, translation. So John, how, about you, how did you come across these, these fine comic books when you were younger? Well, Andrew, I, I, I was born, and then uh, the first thing that I was handed is a book of Tintin. It's just, you need to so. read this before you get out of the maternity war. I thought so. I thought so. I just quiz. wanted to confirm. Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's, I guess, most of the places that I recall being as a child, uh, homes or places where books were, they were easily found copies of either Asterix or Tintin. That's guaranteed. Um, and also, by the time I was of age to read, it was probably like two dozen books already written for both series. Right. There's plenty to read already. So much, so much content. Um, yeah, yeah. Tintin started in the 30s, and Asterix was early 70s, I believe. Yep. 60s, I think, because the copy I have says that it, the original was 65, and I don't 65. think it was the first one. So there we go. Um. Uh, ooh, I was gonna say something real good. Ooh, oh. Real spicy. Um, I do my my first memory of Tintin is my dad reading me Tintin, which must have meant I was quite young and could not read them for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is just a fact that I've said out loud. <laughs> so you were like seven, eight. I was two, three. <laughs> I was 16 years old and my dad sat me down on his knee. Liza, do you have any first Tintin or Asterix memories? I um, I didn't really read Tintin, but I did read a lot of Asterix as a kid. I think they were the copies that were left over from what was bought for John or Jeremy or oh. other brother. Um I I re- I remember reading Asterix at the same time as a couple other things like the Smurfs and um, there was this other one that's I've never seen here in the U.S. that has like a big grumpy dog that it's very comic strippy in terms of like it's not adventures it's all just like small little sh- really short stories just for the joke kind of thing. Very situational, and had had like this little bird in the background that would like mock the grumpy dog with a joke on like a cue card. Very like self-aware of like I don't know. I just I forget what it's called, but I remember that one very clearly, and reading that at the same time as the other two, um, and loving it. All of those, and I realize that all of those are very like pun heavy types of French comic books. And I keep thinking that that's all French comic books. I'm assuming it isn't, but that's because like what I've read is always super like trying to be witty, punny, funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the alternative to that, I think. We didn't really discuss it. I'll go ahead and just say Tintin is like about a boy reporter. The reporter part is kind of plays into some of his earlier adventures, but otherwise he's just like adventuring around the world, fighting crime syndicates and drug dealers. He just finds things that doesn't sit well with him and he's got to get to the bottom of it and usually ends up dismantling some big crime syndicates (laughs) all by himself. He's got help. He's got a dog too. He's got Captain Haddock. Oh, this is another version where there's a dog involved. That's and true. In English and French, it's not the same name. Very true. <laughs> a 
lot of different names. A lot of different names. Right, right. I guess you can rename a pet just easily because they won't, you know, sue you for anything. So, of course. Um, And then, Andrew, you are passingly familiar with Tintin? I'm aware of the the name Tintin. Um, I have... So I, we, Liza and I used to work in a toy store together and we would have copies of Tintin on the shelf. And so like I would sort of peruse through it on like a slow day and I'm aware that there was a movie that Edgar Wright directed. No. Did he produce it? He, he co-wrote the original screenplay. Ah. Or... or was it yeah, Spielberg that made the first Yes. Uh, uh, hold it, on. Hold on. It was Spielberg. Right. Yes. So this is back then where Spielberg made the first one, and the big to-do is there was going to be a follow-up that was going to be done by like Peter Jackson, That's and right. then another one that was going to be done by... Both of them. Both of them together. Uh, they made the first one. That's right. Which was okay. Mm-hmm. And then that's that. That's that. They all... It's... They'll get asked about it whenever they have a movie and they're doing press in Europe anywhere. Right. And they're always like, yeah, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> it's been like, 20, what, 15 years? It's 2011, I think, is when it came oh. out. Oh, really? I think so. Really? <laughs> yeah, the, the team behind this movie is like an all-star. It's yeah, directed by Spielberg, produced by Spielberg, Peter Jackson, and Kathleen Kennedy of That's right. the Star Wars universe fame. <clears throat> Screenplay by Stephen Moffat, Edgar Wright, and Joe Cornish. Yeah, Stephen Moffat. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think I think Stephen Moffat wrote the screenplay, and then Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish came on and made it better. <laughs> I mean, this, yeah, this is this is the Wikipedia entry, so the information is uh, uh, perfect. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> It's it's so perfect. It's almost academic. <laughs> um. So um, have, have you there? I you guys were talking about how there are movies for uh, Asterix as well. Have you seen the films of Tintin and Asterix? I've seen yes. I have seen yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if uh, the Asterix and Obelix. At least I only see. I know there's more than one. Hey, uh, can Two we? Hey, hold them. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, the internet connection for everybody has like slowed down quite a bit, so I am having a hard time. Kaylin and John is are frozen. Liza, you're frozen. So I'm going to halt the recording real quick, and I think we should reset the call. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. And we're back. Uh, technical difficulties uh, are mostly worked out, we'll see. But hey, we're back. And we're talking about Tintin and Asterix, the movies. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, I think what I was saying is that there are at least three French stations of, of Asterix. I remember the first one quite well, especially the second one. It covers of the book I actually own, which is Asterix and Cleopatra. The movie is, like, set in Egypt. And that one has, like, almost all the characters are played by French comedians. I remember it being very funny, like, to match the funniness of the writing of the books. It'll be in a long time. I think I should revisit I just looked it up. There are 10 Asterix movies. Holy moly. Wow. Animated live action. Mm. I watched one on my, on my uh, most recent plane trip to Japan. Uh, it was the most recent one. It was computer animated, and I thought it was quite good. When was that one made? say like 2017 or so oh wow so in france yeah i was dubbed in english well uh, my question for you all is um and do you go back and revisit if you do um for the books 
not too frequently. I probably did elementary and then middle school, most of them. And I'll probably revisit them probably every, I don't know, decade. Mm. And I am curious, because uh, I was always much more interested in Tintin, uh, just because it's a lot more plot heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but reading this uh, complete guide to Asterix, I'm realizing that uh, the English translations were published in a incorrect chronological order. So I'd be very curious. And there's also, they are continuing to make them. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's a bunch I haven't read. I, I might just go down and Asterix and <laughs> buy all of the Asterix and read them all in order. Wonder, so I um, read the first few pages of the one I own today and it seems to hold up quite a bit for how old this book is. Like it's, you know, 50 years old plus um the uh for anybody who does not know and is thinking about revisiting it's jarring the amount of racism so just yeah. a heads up just uh in terms of like the drawings are super problematic when it comes to because they travel quite a bit a lot of the stories are um traveling outside of where they're from like Asterix in, with the Belgians and Asterix with the Romans and Asterix and Cleopatra is like set in Egypt with a bunch of black slaves so it's uh, and, and John is just showing me this is a book that was published five years ago and there's one frame where there's a slave and then it's just four times the size of her normal the size Yikes. of human. Yeah, it's it's quite wild. The uh, yeah, I thought by then that they would have kind of figured that out, but I, I guess not. Yeah, I also would have thought that, but mm. clearly, clearly they slipped through the cracks. Yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't know that yes. um, France is as uh, yes and appalled by like previous art usage uh as we are here in in at least in seattle um, but like it sounds like it's it sounds like it's currently going on that like there's a recent one that has it in it it's not even like that's not even like oh we're just sort of we're okay with how things were in art it's like we're not only just okay with it we're we're still okay with it happening now right either okay or oblivious to the fact that it's still going on. It's also the fact that it's very possible that they just don't even see this as an issue, except both seeing it as an issue and kind of hurting their shoulders. This is how these characters are drawn in this type of comic, which is stupid, but they should change it. The one you have is something that was written recently and drawn recently? Or is it a reprint? No, no, this, I mean, I'm assuming, yeah, yeah, this, these are like, yeah, these, are these are new stories by yeah. over uh, the series from the originals. The, the art is very close, but it's not quite the same. Hmm. It looks like uh, just randomly this one did, but again, this is 2015 for all we know. Oh, yeah, this one's 2017, and it's the same thing. Right. Yikes. That's a big time bummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh I would recommend it as like an audio <laughs> like if you could just like listen to someone like listen to it being acted and not look at or like read out loud or something, like a table read, but not look at art, which is a bummer because the art is so nostalgic for me, but then if the stories where they are gonna interact with people of color, which is, sounds so bad. Any, anytime there's a non-white person, a person of color on mm-hmm. page, just don't look at that character. 
Oh my gosh. It, yeah. It's the more I like think about it, the worse it is. But, um, how, did John, do you, have you ever reread them or? Oh, I have not honestly talked about Asterix in a very long time. Uh, I'm assuming, I'm sure Kellen and I have like mentioned it a few times here and there, specifically in the four times that we've moved <laughs> and, you know, logged the books back and forth and all that. But um, no, I, I, but this is, I mean, Asterix and Tintin was like basically that and Torgal and Spear and Fantasia. I mean, there's a series, but these two is literally the only thing I used to read when I was a kid all the way up until high school. Um, I always was, even then, kind of uncomfortable how they were depicting, but my young brain rationalizing like, oh, this is how people were right. a thousand years ago. <laughs> so it has nothing to do with us. Clearly we were above this kind of stuff. And obviously I was too stupid to understand that they were recreating this stuff themselves. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and they, they don't go to uh, in African countries too often. I think yeah. in this series, it's mostly taking place in Gaul, right? They right. Really, they travel the most in Gaul. And, yeah, it's, Gaul. it's fine because whenever you see a person of color, they're just a slave. So, <laughs> Boy, Kalen, your first outing as mayor of the podcast is you are mired in controversy. <laughs> <It's rough. laughs> you know, I, I'm trying to brush up a... Uh, and punch up his language, but I, as, as the deputy mayor, I can only do so much. Right, you are you're you know, not he, responsible for the mayor's actions, Mister no. Deputy Mayor. Yeah, we might need to put put out a call and hire a PR person for for your team here. <laughs> I I will say just on racist old comics, I think is a lot better in that it shows a progression. Like when Tintin starts, it's pretty racist. Uh, and over its run, there's kind of like scenes mm-hmm. where, like, literally Tintin is like talking. Like, he makes a friend, a Chinese friend named Cheng. Uh, but he's like, he's like, here's what people think Chinese people are like, like in my country. And it's like all of these misconceptions. And it's just kind of like, as you're reading it, it's just like, Telling you, oh, that's that's not a good way to think about these people. Yeah, uh, so. there's a progression because yeah. Tintin like travels the entire world in like a minute on a boat or whatever. Right. Um. So yeah, there's a lot more interactions between Tintin and folks from all over the world in those series or that series. Like, even Hergé and his art team are like looking at specific. Uh, like they reference a lot of actual cultures and societies and they're referencing photos. So everything that they're drawing is faithful to those cultures. Mm. This, I mean, I haven't read them for a while, but it's just kind of like, you know, cartoony to put it politely. I think that I was always more interested in reading Asterix when I was a kid as opposed to Tintin because of the fact that it's basically fun and games. It's like a sitcom really compared mm-hmm. to Tintin. I guess more of a drama in some ways, right? Right. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, the jokes were great. Uh, I love to see how dopey Obelix was and how genuinely lovable he is. He's like a, a giant teddy bear. He loves everybody. He's just very naive about life. Uh, and uh, constantly walking around with a couple of boars under his uh, his arms, like he just holds them like they're two big gourds or whatever. And then sometimes they're he like joke with them, and then and then eat them. And then eats them. <laughs> and he, he eats them like he eats like corn on a cob, just like. Um, and then also uh, uh, Asterix has a temper. I think it's one of the ast- uh, characteristic of that character. He's, he's a tiny angry man. Well, these fits of. Uh, anger, drink the potion, and then destroys an entire legion of Roman conquerors in for fun. Uh, they uh, they are really stretching, like as humans in the Asterix and Obelisk, they are like super cartoony. Yes. Where in Tintin, I feel like they're pretty realistic. Right. Some a certain. I all mean, obviously, all things considered, all things considered. Co- compared to Asterix for yes. sure. Yeah, Tintin is, like, set in our reality. Um, yeah, the, the backgrounds in most of the Tintins are very, like, 
paintings like they're super realistic mm-hmm. it's like very detailed and just again like referencing referencing like buildings and cars yeah and new places and all that yeah. stuff yeah um whereas uh yeah asterix nobelisk is not not that at all there's a there's a the village has a few regular um you know side characters that are doing typical things and i think there's kind of like always running gags with like the bard mm-hmm. and the the smith they always like blacksmith. the blacksmith um the the chief and his wife um is also like there's a thing going on um thing going on john <laughs> <laughs> It's it's basically one thing that I do like about it. It is it's very uh, married with children. That's that relationship <laughs> basically, which avant garde was uh, Asterix Nobelisk in the uh, in the relationship dynamics of. I'm just, She's uh, also the wife is like one of the few female characters in the village. The only, I think, right? Well, yeah. no, there's geriatrics. Who is a very old man, and he has a very glamorous wife. Oh yeah, Bo wife. Yes, she is unnamed. <laughs> uh, She's the er, early version of uh, Lady in the Red dress or something, or, right? Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of. I was kind of forgiving a lot of this because it was like, oh, these comics were made a while ago, but just seeing these new editions. Continuing this, yeah, uh, is really making me uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm very surprised it's I, the case. I, I have these before yeah, I recommended this as a topic. Man, it's like in every page now. Every time I open it, god damn it! Um, <laughs> I'm also very surprised that this is not popular even today. I don't. I'm. I'm. You know, this is something that Disney would probably acquire if they could. And just start make turn out films and and specifically TV shows because kids I think would love it even today um, because it's fun. It's fun do you th- right? Do you I think mean- that the 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 fact that like they are still depicting like black people as slaves on page is like a, a maybe a barrier for entry for Disney who is just like we there's no there's yes. no possible way. I want to say yes, and I hope that's the truth. <laughs> but it's Disney, and they could probably just get rid of it if they wanted to. Right? They could. Disney. They could buy it tomorrow, and the edict could be to like completely like change that whole aspect, and maybe even like omit it from any sort of future releases of older stuff. Oh, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if we need the superpowers of of make racism go away which is on itself like makes sense because he's a giant racist but <laughs> there's this part in the uh the, the complete guide to asterix that talks about them kind of holding off against the power of disney uh and just kind of comparing dolls in the village to disney the roman empire uh-huh. like for hey, to all your favorite asterix characters like the author's it's like it remains to be seen whether the same tactic, same tactics, will work against the fixed smile of Mickey Mouse. Oh wow! Very damn dramatic. Burnaroo. <laughs> I mean, these this series are they're superpowers in France, right? They're huge and culturally very important. So maybe that's one of the reason why. Surprised if honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if like whoever owns the rights now and owns the rights to the movies they're making in France are like hardcore French stubborn people, and they just will refuse to buy the rights just because it's Disney. Like it, it's like they're you know they're like setting into their their yeah I don't know their um. They'd rather do it themselves and they don't want to, like, give up the power on this thing, even if it were to make them lots and lots of money, because it's, like, they probably I think would be afraid of what Disney would make of, of their little precious thing, you know? I think by even just discussing this, we're setting alarms off in um, Disney VR, <laughs> and they're like, oh, maybe we should buy this, so. I mean, Liza spoke up, so we should definitely pay attention. <laughs> Um, so you've both expressed... One thing that I want... 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, John. Ask Kalen uh, if when he, when you watched that stuff as a youth. Uh, watched which stuff? Well, when you watched the animated stuff specifically because. Electrics? Like, yeah. I've never seen it. Oh, so were you already aware this is like French stuff? Creation. I, art honestly, I probably thought it was French or at least foreign because it didn't take place in America. Okay. So you, you, you felt the foreignness, but not right. necessarily the French. Like the author names are not Anglo-Saxon, and they are spending lots of time in Europe. So this is probably foreign to me. Cool. So, um, do, when you read them, see the, you have the like versions that John and I own are like the French printed ones, which is like even the way comic books were like print are printed in France is like a different format. Um, yeah, is that what you call it? So it's like a hard copy. It's a bigger format. Like the book is like large and skinny. Yeah, Tintin and Asterix were both like that. That is very standard French edition uh, publication. Yeah. They might not have had hard covers, but they were that size. The bigger size. And yeah. does it this might sound like a dumb question, but do they fit more content per page as like a regular American font? It's a, it's a it's a number of pages, right? I think the standard is forty-two page, forty, fifty pages. I think there's an exact amount of pages per book, which then becomes financially sound to actually make the book. Or are you saying like the number of panels per page. Yeah, like do, does a French comic book in that format fit more panels per page than like an American format? It depends on the author or the artist. I think it's... I'm just like looking at this and comparing it to like a DC comic. Mm-hmm. There is definitely more in an Asterix comic. Well, there's also like some some American comics. I mean, they like there's no... I, there's no like you can't you could have like it, theoretically you could have a hundred panels per page but no one would be insane enough to do something like that but there's some like american comics that like one page is one panel versus like the standard uh, oh, sorry Can 10 year old kaylin would like to have a word. <laughs> i was just saying 10 year old kaylin would like to have a word with you because that's how many pages i or how many panels i would put on the page uh a hundred uh, could I talk to could could we could we talk to ten year old Kaylin? Oh, hey guys! Oh hey. my gosh! Wait, were you Mickey? Hey, ten year old. Yeah, Kaylin. Go. Do you have a fake smile? Oh, howdy! What's Mickey Mouse saying? Oh boy! Oh boy! There we go. Okay, ten uh, year old Kaylin, it's been really great talking to you, but uh, we gotta go. Okay, oh, bye. Yeah. Okay, bye, ten year old Kaylin. Okay. Daniel Kalen was also known as Mario Mario. Wow, he was also. I was gonna say, turns out Kalen at ten is the baby of Mickey and Mario. Right, (laughs) but naked, no clothes. Um, So you, so it sounds like you both are coming down on the side of not one, not really realizing how problematic these comics continue to be, or at least Asterix continues to be. Um, But how would you? How would you hmm, how would you rate these uh, today? I mean, if we remove the problem problematic elements, and that's your, and that's your just, stance. You like to you like to separate the art from the artist, right, Kalen? Oh, <laughs> well, in this case, it's not even. The art. I'd be separating the art from the art. <laughs> <laughs> The, you'd like to separate the bad parts of the art from the good parts of the art and just talk about the good parts of the art. Yeah. So my review of the good part of the art is it's good art. Uh-huh. Uh, I would, okay. Considering these uh, discoveries we've had in the, that I really should have had prior to this, <laughs> On a scale of five dogmatics, I'm going to. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> careful, uh, Galen. Be careful. 
I'm going to give it a right in the middle, two and a half dogmatics, which means I'm slicing dogmatics right down the middle. Yikes. Ew, gore. Uh, without those problematic elements, it would be five. Uh, but it's eliminating half of my enjoyment, I'd say. John, how about you? I, I and you will be quoted on this. <laughs> yeah, no. um, I mean, I love these books. It's really hard to a five out of five, or even trying to be trying to be finicky about it, and just say four point five out of eighty six. But um, I. Yeah, it is still really problematic. I wish uh, they would get rid of it. So then that um, I would love any kid, anybody to read this stuff because I think it's uh, it's totally a, a slice of French culture that's pretty awesome and uh, worth, uh, worth you know, reading. So just I, just read the comics where they stay in the village and have yeah, adventures. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everybody else, just yeah. keep it at home, man. Just, <laughs> <laughs> keep it 19 style, baby. Just have your... Everybody wear their masks and then uh, make sure you fight your Romans within the confine of your own village. So, keep outside. Yeah, what we've learned today is Kaylin's stance is separate the art from the artist, and John's stance is never cross borders. <laughs> I mean, I think these solutions are so simple. Build a big wall around <laughs> oh your boy. village. Oh boy, the, the administration of Kalen and John has like gone down in flames in like record time. Well, it was fun. We tried. <laughs> um, Liza, how do you how do you feel how do you feel about these today, Liza? Um, I I agree with um, both John and Kalen, and mostly the fact that I, yeah, it's really hard. The writing is so clever and smart and fun and that's like a, a six out of five and the the art is like personally nostalgic and gives me a four out of five and then the visual representation of other cultures is a minus five out of five <laughs> so i'm on a land oh uh, i'm on a land on a Three, and only because you would be able to skip the books that are acting with people of color, <laughs> which sounds terrible. But like ulti- ultimately, like that is not that's not you as a reader saying for the characters themselves to not interrupt with people to interact with people of color. That's the you critiquing the writer for not knowing how to present people of color in any sensitive or realistic way and the fact that it's one excuse it's one excuse that you can give wait liza Liza, pause whatever you're doing liza pause whatever you're doing with your microphone it sounded like uh like a static monster just like crawled over your microphone oh i don't know where it is (laughs) and is it better just yeah, this is <laughs> Okay. Uh, you could give the excuse that most of these books were written in the 60s and it was a different time or whatever, but the fact that these books are still being written and drawn the exact same way in 2015 is appalling. Uh, yeah. Today in 2015? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wow, Liza, this quarantine. Yeah, this quarantine's gone. Uh, I would, I want to say a lot longer for you, but it may have gone somehow shorter and sent you back in time. I'm sitting in a closet in the dark. I don't know what the fuck 2020 is. Yeah, there's no calendars in the closet. I guess. You're like you're like that guy in that time travel movie you were talking about. Which one? He goes Uh, in the time travel. No, he goes in the dark and concentrates. About time. Oh, uh, about time. Donal. Donal Galisa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Liza, do you have uh do you have How our about- do we have our surprise prize ready? Uh yeah, always. Yeah, always. Okay. Oh, just really quick, just really quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Tintin gets five out of five. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Andrew, this experience of us talking about something you've never read, what do you rate it? <laughs> um, I, I like Tintin for me, like has some nostalgic, like I, I haven't, I didn't read it as a kid. Like I said, I mostly read it when I was at the, at the toy store, but I, I have some like positive, you know, affection for Tintin. So like, uh, I'll give Tintin a four out of five just from that. And based on the fact yes. that, uh, Asterix is still making racist caricatures of black people. I'm going to give it a zero out of five. <laughs> Those are fair ratings. Uh, Liza, let's get to this surprise prize. are listening to flute right now correct there are yeah you can hear those those classic abba flutes going Uh, thank you fernando thanks fernando this this week's uh surprise prize is a story and a game wow a story wait was that was that the the, the... (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say you pick up on that lower order chimes (laughs) um the story is that uh while we are all trying to find new ways to entertain ourselves at our homes uh we have inherited uh brian's family wii console uh Mm -hmm. last week and so we have been playing wii games uh that we hadn't in a long time including rock band or no, the other one, Guitar Hero. <laughs> and I thought I would talk about it during our surprise prize because uh, that console uh, came out when I was in high school, and I played those games with John and Kaylin so much the two summers that I was in high school and came to the to Seattle. Uh, so that's relevant. And, <laughs> and I playing them again. I mean, I think we played Rock Band when it was with you guys. Is that correct? Yes. Well, we had both. Okay. And I remember Rock Band being a lot more fun. And they made a whole bunch of different ones, like the Beatles or whatever. The, Eliza, you'll be very wow. happy to know that they also once made a Rock Band Green Day edition. Oh, wow. You'd get really good at it because each song would just sound the same, right? (laughs) Okay. Okay, Liza. And a zing. That was a sublime joke. (laughs) Um, the, uh, what I found out, uh, while playing it again, almost... 10 years later is that um, I'm still maybe average at it. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing on well, so we just we just have the guitar. Actually, I tried the DJ Hero because they had that for some reason, and it's very weirdly complicated. I thought it was going to be simple, but I feel like I need more practice with it. The Guitar Hero is fun, although it has so many songs I don't know because I'm not, like, a rocker person. Um, But the game is still fun, so that's my review. (laughs) And uh, for you all, I prepared a trivia game Uh about the Wii All right. Are we ready? How do we do this? Uh, You're going to shout your name. Okay. When you to buzz in, if you think you have the answer. Yes. Okay. My name is John. My name is Kalen. Uh, a- uh, Andrew. And you are. Hey. Oh, that's great! Thank you so much for reminding us of your names. And now, welcome to Retrieve Game. Woo! Woo! Yeah, we. 
right. Question I, number I, one. Li- before you start the quiz, Liza, can I punch up the name? Instead of trivia. Can you punch up the name? Yeah, could I could I uh instead of trivia, how about twe yeah, twevia? Or triv trivia. Trivia. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I should have consulted with you prior to recording. Some more. Okay, question one. Uh, okay. What year did Wii Console get released? Kalen. Kalen. Uh, was it 2009? No. John. John? Uh, that would be 2007. Nope. Andrew? Andrew. Uh, Andrew? 2011. Boo! First, Andrew, you should know the years that I was in high school. We talk about this legitimately twice a month. I forgot. I, I totally... I, I completely spaced you said this came out when you were in high school. <laughs> Whoopsies! This is how well I take um, tests. <laughs> the answer was 2006, you all. Oh, so okay. close. That's old. But are we talking about Japan release or U.S. releases yeah. here? It was worldwide, worldwide released. I mean, I remember spending the night in front of the store to buy a, a couple. Anyways, yeah. I guess that was in 2006. Hardcore. Well, I didn't get it till a couple years after it came out. It's probably that's my excuse. Yeah, that's why. Oh, so it came out when you? Yeah, I I guess 2011 because that's when I got mine. (laughs) Well, you were all wrong. Question two. Let's redeem yourselves. What is one of the explanations given by Nintendo for naming the console Wii? W-I-I. Kaylin. Kaylin. Uh, It's because they want, it's like we, they they want a group. They want us. They want we to play together. Okay. It's it's like a group. Uh, John, I don't think that's true. Um, I think that because um, it's <laughs> because uh, Nintendo misunderstood the concept of uh, here it comes urinals, and there it so is. <laughs> it's a pee joke. But you know, it just went over their heads. Is that true? Do you want to hear him? Was was Kalen's oh, was guess it, correct? It, uh, kind of. The two eyes in we look like two people standing next to each other, right? So it's like we. Yeah. So one of the answers that they gave was uh, intended to resemble two people standing side by side, representing together, and to represent the Wii remote and nunchuck. The other reason that they gave was... um, to reduce language confusion, we sounds like like American English we W E, which emphasizes that the console is for everyone. We can easily be remembered by people around the world. Their entire like marketing for this console was for to get new. Hello, Kaylin. You, uh... John, did she did she drop off the face of the earth for you too? She did. Yep. Liza, are you there? Wow, Hello? we totally Liza. lost Liza. Should we guess what she was saying? That like, did Nintendo <laughs> silence her? Is that maybe what happened? Yeah, it must be it. I mean, I remember the slogan was "We will play with you." Right. Oh, she gone. Uh, she left the meeting. Okay. She has. She's had an. Fine, we <laughs> well, so far, I think we're really killing this. Right. <laughs> Liza, are you back? <laughs> Hello, is anyone Hello? there? Liza, are you, Hello? Liza, are you there? <laughs> Liza, we can't hear you if you can hear us. Well, I think oh. that's the I think that's the end of Liza's game. Um, 
I think we've officially ended the game. So anyways, um, we'll try and connect with Liza again. But in the meantime, uh, let's go to plugs. Do you guys have anything you want to plug before we get off the show here? Well, hey, speaking of Wii, I've been playing uh, uh, Wii Fit and uh, stretching out my muscles. So you want to plug your abs. That's right. And also a decade-old video game. Just <laughs> <laughs> an exercise piece of equipment. Also a decade and a half, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds right. Uh, I was just guessing in a decade. Yeah. Anything uh, else? So, yeah, check, check out. Check out We Fit. <laughs> great, great plug, Caitlin. Yeah, what can I... I, I don't have anything to plug that's uh, well over a decade old. Uh, <laughs> it's even a now. Uh, Come on, you've been watching like 10 different shows. I know, I'm watching so much stuff. What am I watching that's really worth mentioning? You know what? I'm going to go say I would like to plug Afterlife by Ricky Gervais. I think that people should watch that show because it's very funny, but it's also very endearing and it's talking about a very important topic, which is loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anybody who suffered loss, uh, will totally understand what I mean, that it is a human feeling that the show portrays really well. And, uh, there you go. Plus it's, you know, British humor. So okay. cool. nobody else can do it better. Than nobody does. Nobody does grief quite like the Brits. Um, it's- Liza, are you there now? Can you hear me? I can hear you. What the fuck? I didn't do anything different. Well, again, you know, she talking Google, she talking uh, Disney, and she talking. uh, Yeah, you really made some powerful enemies on this episode, Liza. Nintendo, that's right. Yeah. Well, I always do. Was, it, was there was there more to your quiz than the the two questions you had asked already? Uh yeah, there were two more, and this should be quick. Okay. Uh, Nintendo and Google will let me finish talking. <laughs> okay. Question number three was: Originally, the Wii was launched worldwide, bundled with the Wii Sports game. What two countries made the exception? Which two countries? Exception to not have. Yeah, there's two countries that the Wii was launched at the same time as all the other countries, but didn't get bundled with a sports game. Kaylin. Kaylin. Belgium and China. Wrong and wrong. Andrew. Andrew? Uh, I'm going to say... Canada and the United States of America because the obesity problem in this country is out of control and Nintendo was trying to make it so kids could not get fit. Nope, but good try. Dang it. Do you want the answer? Yes. Yes. The answer was Japan and South Korea. Huh. Oh no. no. Okay. <laughs> Is there a thing that Japan does not believe in bundles? Yeah, I don't know. I think I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, oh, we're they're gonna buy the console no matter what here, or something. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think so. Versus, like, I think in other countries it was like, it's a great deal. You get the console and a game or something. I love a great deal. Yeah, (laughs) every system that I've ever owned always came with a game or two. two. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. nice to start with. Well, I mean, when I bought my PS4, I just had a bonus GTA 5. Anyway, what's the next question? <laughs> <laughs> wow, live censorship. Nice. Um, last question was, by December 2006, UK financial analysis confirmed sales of the Wii on opening weekend to reach 105,000 consoles. This broke the previous record held, which... Posted sales numbers of 70,000. Which console held the record before the Wii? This is in the UK specifically. Okay. Uh, John. Yeah, John. PlayStation 2. No. 
Oh, Andrew. That would have been my guess. Andrew. Xbox 360? Yeah! Ding, ding, ding! Nice. Hey. Microsoft. UK, more like Xbox. Wow. <laughs> Kaylin, come on. Wow. And we are going to end this episode on that. I don't understand what that meant. Uh, I am collecting funds for my re-election campaign. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you would like to get Kaylin re-elected, please uh, subscribe to our Patreon page at patreon.com. <laughs> Slash Good Talk Studio. We will make sure all the funds get funneled to Kalen's re-election campaign. Um, Thank you. Funneling. Jesus, you're really talking like a politician by funneling funds <laughs> around. Uh, I will be on the ticket. As well. It's going to be it's going to be the best re-election campaign you've ever seen. We're going to funnel oh all the funds. God. Oh no, <laughs> Andrew, why'd you have to take the fun out of it? <laughs> I try to put the fun in funnel. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, if you like this episode and you want to support your local podcast mayor, Kaylin. That's right. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Direct to School. And hey, everyone gets a free slice of pizza. Whoa. Whoa. Every time? <laughs> Uh, we don't have the budget for this. So <laughs> yeah, I'll have to talk to the official treasurer about it. <laughs> this is in the I didn't give any details. Well, that means anyone, all details are good then. You don't know how to run an election. I do not, but from deputy. <laughs> all right, everybody, we will see you tomorrow. Good <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. Thanks,